Good evening, this is Lehigh Valley Discourse, and you are listening to Teen Connect. I'm your host, Dhan Kondowal. Teen Connect explores local to global issues impacting teens and our communities by connecting with guests and their experiences, including talking with fellow teens and professionals in their respective fields about problems and perspectives they are confronting. So today, I'd like to focus this segment on one of our local high schools that I also attend. COVID has affected so many parts of our lives, but today I am here to tell you about how COVID has affected the different parts of the public school system. With so many people focusing on the specifics of various regulations and changes in the situation of our world, it's time we look back and see how it's changed us high schoolers, whose lives change so much from year to year on a broader level. And so, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our first guest, Alex Forgosh. Alex is a senior at Parkland High School who has captained the school's varsity lacrosse team and who will be sharing the po- his point of view on how COVID has affected his education. Thanks for joining us today, Alex. Thanks for having me, Sid. It's a pleasure. So to start, if you could describe that one time period between March of 2020 and September of 2021 in one word, what would it be? Flashover. There's this idea in firefighting, or this, this principle in firefighting where the gases build up at the top of a room and suddenly everything ignites. All that, all that pressure, the gas that's been building just engulfs everything. Um, I think that at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of things, a lot of ideas and, and uh, strengths and issues in our education system um, flashed over. I, I think that there was a, a learning moment where we saw things come out. How'd you get into firefighting? Um, it's kind of a long story. It was an excellent way for me to make a meaningful impact in a community. I think that obviously we all do, all do a lot of stuff uh, for volunteering. Obviously we raise money, but um, there's very few opportunities for, for kids like us to make a real impact. And that was, that was a thought. Got it. Now you being a senior, you've applied to a countless number of schools, I presume. Unfortunately. And being a junior myself at the moment, I know how important junior year is to your entire education. So how has COVID affected the way your junior year went, and did it have a lasting effect on your senior year? It was a weird, weird year, obviously. Um, so I really ramped up my courses. I, I was I only took a couple APs before junior year, but then I, I jumped right to six and then a couple other classes that I was taking. So, you know, going into the year, I was expecting a really heavy course load, and I wasn't sure how I was going to manage. But the truth is, I mean, after a, a short adjustment period, I really figured out how to get work done and, and I, I built systems that work for me. And after that, I found a lot of freedom in my schedule and freedom in my days where I could do the things that I want to do, where I could, I could pursue interests um, and I could really explore, you know, who I am as a, as a, at the time junior. Got it. So be honest with me here. Are you able to confidently say you learned a lot last year? You know, I've, I've struggled with that question a little bit myself. I would say that I did learn. I don't know if I learned as well as I would have in the classroom, but I think that I learned enough out of the classroom to make it worthwhile. I was worried about the AP tests at the end of the year, but those ended up being okay. Going into this year, it was practically the same as any other. You know, some issues uh, over the summer, I definitely lost a couple brain cells. Um, (laughs) But I, I don't think it was really that disruptive to my education. I think that that experience might not be the same for everybody, mm-hmm. but speaking for myself, I was all right. Got it. When you were thrown into that like unprecedented situation, how did how exactly did you adapt to this new work environment? Slowly. Uh, <laughs> no, um, 
I brought back something that I, I hadn't done since like fifth grade, I think. I decided to make checklists. Mm-hmm. And I think that that saved me because the biggest issue with coming out of school was I didn't have structure. And I think that that was an issue that tripped a lot of people up. But in that lack of structure, I decided to use, you know, a, a piece of paper and a pencil and a couple lines to keep myself straight. And I think that that system really helped. I also really missed the structure of my classmates. I mean, you know, we all, we've met in class and, and mm-hmm. you know, being part of that community is really something that helps school work. Yeah. So I tried to keep in touch with all my friends who were taking similar classes as much as possible. I tried to, to stay relevant in their lives. They tried <laughs> to stay relevant in mine. Um, so yeah, that was, it was a bit of a learning curve, but it ended up well. As students, would you agree that you and I have perspectives on how COVID has changed our lives that, you know, like no adult can really speak for? Absolutely. I think we're a lot cooler than most adults. So that's, <laughs> that's a start. But I would also th- say that, you know, the, the experience of a student is really different from the experience of someone in the workforce. You know, we're supposed to have that. I'm sorry, I should say those learning moments uh, that you can only really get when you're face to face with people. School is about more than just education in the classroom. It's about education and growth as people. It's a it's a pretty fundamentally developing time in our lives. And I think a lot of people missed out on that. Mm-hmm. So focusing on specifically your perspective as a student, what's one thing about how COVID has affected people like me and you, teenagers, that you would like to broadcast and tell all the adults who are listening to us today? You know, I I think that, for myself, and I think for a lot of people, I know it made us really grateful for the things that we have, mm-hmm. and it made us really aware of the things that were bad. <laughs> um, personally, I, I cannot be more thankful for for the family that I have, for for my dog, for my dog Daisy. She really got me through a, quite a bit of quarantine. Yeah, but I also realized that there's you know some issues with the way that I live. I, I realized like personally, I'm really bad at closing cabinets. <laughs> and I didn't realize that because usually I'm rushing out of the door in the morning. I leave those cabinets open. I didn't have to see him. Yeah. But now when I'm stuck at home all day, I, I leave the cabinets open. So that's a small example, but there's there's plenty of other things like that. I would also I would also like to send a message to, to adults, if I might, um, to be understanding. I think, you know, as kids, it was it was difficult. We really had to make a couple of sacrifices. And I know everyone did, obviously. Um, and, and that's 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 a given. But I think that you know, it may not seem that important, but we did make sacrifices too. And sometimes things are hard. So understanding is is something I got a lot of and it really made it a much more pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier that you tried to stay in touch with your like fellow classmates and such. Um, coming back to school, have you noticed any changes in your peers this school year after seeing them after so long? Any good, any bad things? My friend Prince's hair is a lot shorter and, and I think <laughs> Hannah got highlights. But no, I, I think that students changed. I don't know if the same change would have happened if we were if we were in class. But you know, I, I we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I think that um, you know a lot of people became either more introverted or more extroverted. Yeah. The the time alone was a time to reflect, and if you were uncomfortable with it, it was a time to miss that in person interaction. If you were super comfortable with it, it was, you know, it was a time to appreciate that that quiet, that peace. Yeah. Um, so I think that people's, you know, innate uh, extrovertedness or introvertedness was exacerbated. Got it. Like, I 100% agree with you. I feel like the period of time where everyone was quarantined at home 
gave us like a lot of time to really think and reflect upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. So did you learn anything new about yourself or gain anything positive from this, you know, like self-reflection time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I learned the cabinet thing, which I've been working (laughs) on. I also tried to learn something about myself every day. That was, that was a goal I made. Yeah. And I did that by seeking out things that scared me, new experiences, um, you know, you know, new chances I could take. So I think that I, I certainly learned a lot about myself. I certainly learned a lot about the way that I work. I certainly learned a lot about the way I want to live. Um, and I think that that also, we, we talked about college for like half a second. I don't think I answered that question well. But I think that that growth that I had really played into my college process. Yeah. You know, it, uh, I, I, the last thing I want to tell anyone, actually, the first thing I want to tell anyone is don't live for a college application mm-hmm. ever. That's the worst thing you can do. But I will say that I gained experiences and I gained knowledge about myself that did make filling out those applications a little bit easier. Yeah. So I know as a junior myself that for college applications, college recommendation letters from teachers in your mm-hmm. high school are super important because they're the ones who almost recommend you to the college. Sure. You can How, say exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Were you able to connect with your junior teachers at all and maybe even ask them for a recommendation? It was a struggle. You know, I did ask one of my junior teachers for a recommendation. He was my calc teacher, so it was natural-ish choice because I, I've, I have a bit of a math background and that was something I wanted to focus on. But I don't necessarily think that I connected with him as well. The the real recommendation for me, I, the, the the best recommendation, I assume, you can't really see your recommendations, was from from uh, Senora Holbrook. Oh, I'm sorry, for from a, a Spanish teacher. She taught me in sophomore year. Now I don't take Spanish anymore, but at the time she really struck me as a as a conscientious person. Uh, she's kind. She's nice. And most importantly, she cared to get to know her students. She cared to get to know that they were doing well inside and outside of the classroom. And I think that her generosity as a person led me to hope that she would write me a nice letter yeah. back. Um, and I, I think people stress a little bit too much about, about recommendations. All of the information I've heard about them from colleges is that they aren't necessarily that important. Got it. Uh, they just kind of confirm the person you are. How has the pandemic specifically affected your career outlook and general work-life balance? I would say I'm smart enough to know that I have absolutely no clue what I want to (laughs) do. I never really had that strong of an idea. Of course, there's always a, a few ideas that keep coming back. But the truth is, I don't know yet. And I think that that is something that the pandemic taught me. I think growing in those ti- in that time that I wasn't structured, in that time that I had the freedom to, to try things out, that, that growth really allowed me to explore the things that I, I like, the things that I might want to do as a career. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, at the same time, it, it also taught me that Nothing certain, nothing set in stone. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen at any moment. And as a result of that, you know, I don't know what I want to do. I'm going to yeah. figure it out later. <laughs> so we're really here today to like look back and kind of recap on what's happened so far with COVID. So let's say you could go back and redo 
the entire period of quarantine where you're all by yourself stuck at home would is there anything you would redo or do differently i would try and make my dog daisy who mm-hmm. i talked about prefer me to my mom <laughs> uh somehow i don't know if it would have worked um but i think that, that was that's something i i spent a lot of time with her but my mom was has always been the favorite yeah. no i think i would have been more careful about reaching out and and keeping track of my friends. Got it. Because, you know, when you see someone every day, it's really easy to stay in touch. It's really easy to see what's going on in their life, to mm-hmm. see how they're doing and make sure that they're okay. Yeah. But when you're, you know, separated by a few miles um, and a Zoom screen, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to, to check up on people. Yeah. Um, and I think that I, I should have made more of a conscious effort to be more involved um, and I, I did try, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like top priority for me. And I think that, you know, checking up on those relationships is, some, is definitely something that I would have, I, I would have spent more time doing because yeah. it's easy to get lost in the work. I agree. Like um, during that period of time, school in the general school year, school is like a big topic for us to always talk yeah, about, yeah, yeah. you know, it's always there. But with Zoom calls, Google Meets, it's like almost goes to like a lower level. Mm-hmm. So I get that it's mm-hmm. definitely harder. Yeah. What did you do to stay like sane in these chaotic times? <laughs> I, like I said, I tried something new every day. Um, I got I got pretty into bread making, um, oh, gardening. Okay. I built some mountain bike trails behind my house, and I'm a, like you, I'm, I'm a cyclist, although I mountain bike a bit more. I think you you road ride more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I tried to stay active as much as possible. I tried to read as much as I could. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a struggle to stay sane. And I played with Daisy a lot. Yeah. Daisy keeps coming back, but I played with Daisy a lot. So I got through it. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Sid. It's a pleasure, as I said. You were definitely a pleasure to have on and talk to. And I hope all our listeners have gotten the opportunity to really see how COVID has affected the average student. We're going to take a short break. You are currently listening to Teen Connect. I'm your host, Siddhanth Kandelwal. So far, we've been talking about how the public school system has been affected by COVID. And up next, we will welcome Principal Moniz of the Parkland School District. We'll be right back. Do you have a car that you're trading in? How about an old truck or boat that's taking up space? Let WDIY help you get rid of unwanted vehicles and turn them into financial support for the station. It's a simple and easy process. We handle all the towing, title, and transfer, and it may be tax-deductible. Turn your vehicle into the programs you love. To learn more, visit WDIY.org or call 610-694-8100, extension 7. Welcome back to Teen Connect. This is your host, Tom Kondilal, and just to recap... We've gone through how COVID has affected the student of the public school system with Alex Forgosh, the student from Parkland High School. And now I'd like to call our final guest, Mr. James Moniz, who is the principal of Parkland High School and will be representing the administration of the average public school. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Mr. Moniz. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. So just to start off, could you introduce yourself a little, about, a little bit about your background and how long you've been affiliated with Parkland and the general public school system? Sure. I started as a social studies teacher in the Allentown School District, Uh, really uh, cut my teeth in 1996, and I worked at Rob Middle School and also Deriff High School. 
So I was a, a teacher and also a tennis coach, uh, enjoying all aspects of the public school system mm-hmm. and eventually found some opportunities into administration. I served as an assistant principal uh, for two years and then I found my role as a high school principal at Deerf High School for four years. And, you know, after uh, I believe it was the 2010, 2011 year, I had an opportunity to, mm-hmm. uh, to come to Parkland. Yeah. So I served as a supervisor of curriculum instruction for one year. And then there was an opportunity at the high school that, that came about, and uh, I sought that out and been high school principal for 10 years now. Here we are today. <laughs> so did you ever honestly, as a teen, think you'd be a high school principal when you grew up? No, not at all. Uh, I enjoyed my high school experience, though. Mm-hmm. That was definitely the, the highlight of uh, my school experiences, if you will. I had a lot of terrific friends, a lot of great experiences, a lot of things I, I still cherish today, the memories mm-hmm. that I had there. And I knew right away that I wanted to get back into the school system yeah. and be a part of something special and, and kind of give back yeah. to those experiences and uh, share that unique experience that is high school. Yeah. So what is probably the biggest change you've noticed in the administration from when COVID began to the present day that you think most people do not know about? I don't think most people realize the routines that school districts have established Mm -hmm. over the course of, you know, their their high school students' career, for example. You know, when we last left school, you know, you're talking as, what, a ninth grade student, I believe? Yeah. So now you've been out of school for 18 months. Mm -hmm. And schools thrive on the routine. And, and sometimes that's not good, right? Yeah. But the good routines that were established, the, the social routines, the empathy that's expected in, in a school system when you have 3,200 kids in one high school, mm-hmm. the, the camaraderie of a, of a high school experience, just the norms that are established between teacher and student and also student and student. I don't think people realize if you're not in a school system, you don't realize how much COVID really impacted how a school functions because now you're bringing back 3,200 students who spent 18 months away from each other. Yeah. And now you're all in the same setting once again, and you have to work together. You have to give and take all the time. You have to be able to strive for your goals. You have to find support where you need support. You have to problem solve all the teenager life things that occur. Mm -hmm. So we know there's a multitude of things that happen with kids. And just seeing them come back into a school system and have to function again, and then function to the same level that you're expected to or that you that you used to, yeah, has been quite a challenge. And I think unless you're living in that environment, you wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah. More about that impact. Has COVID affected your job in particular in any big ways? I mean, absolutely. It, it, I mean, there's a lot more of a re-examination of how we did things and, and what did we learn from COVID that we could do a lot better in school. Yeah. So there's the, the communication pattern. So we don't regular, and there's a lot of meetings now that we do virtually. Yeah. Why leave the office if you don't have to leave the office? Exactly. You yeah. can still communicate virtually. It's been much more effective and efficient. Mm-hmm. Re-examination of practices or programs to see how maybe they were, maybe they're better now. Yeah. Maybe we've, um, you know, you've realized some things that you can't take for granted, like your face-to-face communication, the the value of, we talk about teaching, right? There's an art to it. There's a science of it. If you hone in on too much on the science of it, you miss out on the art. Yeah. And the art was really lost when we went to that face-to-face communication. That really challenged people and students 
to really have that communication when they weren't comfortable talking to a computer screen. They're comfortable talking to each other. So those are just a few things that really have, you know, presented ourselves out. There's been problems that have come out of COVID as well, but those are some of the things that I would say really affected us and how we work and operate. Mm -hmm. Right now, what would you say is the most stressful part about your job? I would say there's a, a lot of people that maybe we don't realize that are going through some real crisis. Yeah. And life can be a crisis filled at times and, and people struggle with either um, situations that happen or their own mental health, mm -hmm. uh, whatever they're experiencing. But everything since COVID seems to have been heightened. So you might deal with the frustrations of someone who normally would be upset, but they're twice as upset as normal. Oh. And, you know, students may react a certain way, but they react twice as harshly. Yeah. Um, you know, even with communications with staff, you know, everyone's anxiety level is so high. It's just heightened. It's just extremely heightened. And I think that's the, the nature of being the leader. You always want to be as sensitive mm -hmm. and calm. And it's always calm and it's, uh, it's a challenge. Yeah. I would say that's a challenge. So many students and parents have such disapproving and sometimes unreasonable criticism of the administration. So if there's one message you could say to all of them that you feel needs to be heard, what would it be? Contact your school and talk to the people in charge. Mm -hmm. Try not to listen to all the side chatter yeah. that's going on. Like, you know, this is what's happening in your schools. Well, did you call and find that out firsthand? What source are you listening to? Yeah. I think there's been such a, a politicization um, of schooling and, and, and of public schools. And I'm really disheartened by that. Yeah. You know, it is a public school system, so it's meant to serve the public, which mm -hmm. is a variety of people and perspectives in the community. Yeah. It's not a private school. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, some people have certain agendas, and I think they're trying to say that this is what the schools are always doing. And I think that's a, really a misrepresentation of what's going on. So to me, if you're a parent or you're someone that has a question about how something is handled, what's going on, don't listen to second and third hand information. Call the school, get an answer. On that note, so many times on the news, I've seen some story about a crazy parent yelling at the school board or some teacher. So what is the most outrageous COVID related complaint you have ever heard from a parent? And how did you even manage to approach it? Well, that's a good one there. I mean, this, this uh, like I said, anxiety and the stress level of people have sometimes will bring them to say things that I don't think they even realize what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, when I look at the situation that when we were dealing with COVID, you know, you're talking about a medical crisis. Yeah. It, it really is. It's, it's a health crisis. And we're trying, you know, to prevent people from being sick so that A, they can learn and B, not overwhelm hospitals. It's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. And in the end, someone's not going to, you know, be severely sick. So the most outrageous thing I think I heard was that the schools were taking money from St. Luke's, our, you know, who provides our training services, and that St. Luke's was calling the shots for the school district. Wow. <laughs> because they, because obviously, you know, they provide health services to us. Yeah. So they must be almost bribing the school district to force students to wear masks. Oh, I wow. mean, I, I look at that statement and I just wish people would kind of like take 10 steps back and really think, 
the school district functions on its own. Yeah. We're just trying to teach kids. <laughs> yeah. That's all we really want to do. Um, no one really wants to wear a mask. There's no ulterior motive. No, there's no alternative motive. And, and we're also, I mean, St. Luke's has their own things to worry about in terms of the medical field. I don't think they want to get into the business of running school districts. Yeah. I know they're not involved in it. And I know they're not going to be. So that was probably the most outrageous thing that I heard. And so for COVID-related decisions, do you generally talk with the principals from other schools or is it more of an internal decision-making system? It's definitely more internal. Mm-hmm. You know, our, every school district has their own community that they serve and our own um, purpose and guidelines that, that we follow within our health and safety plan. At the same time, you know, there are times that we do seek out to see how they're problem solving on, on certain things that maybe are a little bit more difficult or situational based. So we definitely gather information and we talk to other schools, but our decision-making is pretty much internal from the administrative staff. So do you have any kids? I have three boys, yes. Okay, so as an adult leading a school full of teenagers and also having three kids, how do you personally think COVID has affected us teenagers the most? I think there's like several ways, three critical ways. One. So I have a 20-year-old and I have an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. I've seen mm-hmm. them go through different steps. So one was more like a ninth grade year and one was, you know, a junior year. And then another one was freshman year of college. Yeah. I would say that you know more about your learning style now mm-hmm. because you went through COVID. So you know exactly how you learn well and what you can learn well. Yeah. And you have an advantage. So from kids that were two or three years ago that didn't go through this crisis – they didn't know that about themselves because they didn't have to endure it. They didn't have to learn at home. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to learn two days a week at home and then three days, you know, three days in, two days in school and three days at home. They didn't have to go through that. So you know much more about your skills as an independent learner. Got it. And I think that's incredibly important for kids. You, know, you always have to know how you learn best. Yeah. And or you have to know your shortcomings. So I would think that's one thing. The second thing I would say is, if I think about kids today and what I'm experiencing either with my own kids or what I see yeah. when talking to other parents and talking to kids, you know, the over-reliance on a technology is a scary thing. Yeah. You know, for some kids, it becomes an addiction issue mm-hmm. a- and you see it and they talk about it and the parents talk about it. And, you know, you, ha- you can't stop living life. Mm-hmm. And I don't want a generation of kids to live life on a piece of technology. Yeah. They cut short on their real experiences, their human experience. And that's the thing that I would bring up next. The human connection piece has been pretty sensitive. How well do people communicate? Because they didn't, you know, they were isolated for 18 months. They were isolated from a lot of their friends. They were isolated in some ways from their teachers, from their schools, from everything that they knew. So to me, I see a real topic of observation and you re- we better nurture it yeah. is the communication skills of our students. Some of them are really struggling to communicate effectively and efficiently so that they can become I mean, soon to be adults. Yeah. Our previous guest life. actually, um, Alex, mentioned it was difficult for him to really stay in touch with his friends who he had been so close to after you know spending the majority of the year um, in school or surrounded by those friends. So how much would you emphasize the importance of human connection? I don't think it can be understated. I mean, quite simply, we are human beings. We, we thrive on that personal connection. It, it's such a powerful thing. I mean, you've been around influential people. Yeah. You know how some people have that genuine magnetic pull. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it's an important aspect of being a leader. It's uh, being a teammate, uh, being able to work together with one another. That's a significant aspect to having the skills. I mean, you're going to end up in a relationship. You're going to be a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, these are things that come up in life that you're talking about human nature and connections and connectivity and how well we communicate and how well we go about um, creating relationships yeah. and also persevering through difficult situations and relationships. Mm-hmm. Has anything good happened due to COVID? Well, yeah, I think in every crisis there is opportunity. Yeah. So I look at what has occurred and it's, sh- it's showing us some of our fragility yeah. as a society and as a school system in some ways too. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, do I think schools are going to re- be the same after this? No, I don't. No, I think you're going to see much more opportunities for a diversified education when it comes to uh, delivery. You may see kids more so in, in person, maybe five out of seven classes. Yeah. But two of them may be online. Uh, but I also think that's not for every student. Mm-hmm. So you can't force that. You don't want to force feed something like that. Uh, there's definitely some positives in terms of, you know, our teachers, they had to change. Yeah. You know, they had to change fast and, and, and hard. And, and that's not always easy. But for through that change, we learned a lot about what we can do really well as a school system and then also how we can be better and improve. Um, but it also enabled us to really kind of capture a lesson and save it in you know, permanently. Yeah. You can save it. You can file it. And, you know, through Schoology, right, a teacher can come back to that. They can refer to it. Someone's absent. They can still get the teacher's lesson. That's true. If we capture it. And, you know, so there's some aspects of education that has continuity now. Yeah. That even if you're not there, it can still move forward. Got it. So just a couple things like that, which I think are significant. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today, Mr. Moniz. I hope all our listeners have gotten the opportunity to really see how COVID has affected each part of the public school system, as we've heard and learned so much from our wonderful guest today. Thank you very much, Sid. I really appreciate you bringing me in here and allowing me to share my perspectives, and uh, I wish you all the best moving forward. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for making time for this conversation. You can also find past episodes and other public affairs programming at WDIY.org and on major podcast platforms. I'm Siddhant Kandilwal, and this is WDIY 88.1 FM. Tune in next Thursday for more Lehigh Valley discourse, and we'll see you next time on Teen Connect.